1: And welcome to Autism Live on World Autism Awareness Day. Our very special guest this morning, as you can see right from the jump, is the fabulous and wonderful Dr. Temple Grandin. Dr. Grandin, thank you so much for being with us this morning.
0: Well, it's really great to be here.
1: Well, and I mentioned before we got started that uh, I wanted to take just a second at the top of the show to talk about World Autism Awareness Day, that this is a day that was created by the United Nations, and it is a day that asks all nations to step forward to think about individuals who are on the autism spectrum and to find ways to bring the dignity of these individuals uh, together and to call nations to ask them to problem solve to be able to get resources to these individuals and for them to be treated with the respect that they so richly deserve. Every year they have a special message to nations, a call to action about a specific thing. I don't know what they intended for this year's call to action to be, but it is in fact that individuals with the autism spectrum are treated fairly during this COVID emergency, that they do not lose resources that are vital to them, that they don't lose progress um, that was hard won and fought for them, and that they continue in this emergency to have access to medical care uh, that there is consideration to get given to how they need to access the medical care um, and that they continue to have access to all of the things that a person, uh, any person has the right to, uh, you know, things that shelter, employment, education, all of those things. I think we can all agree how important that is. And, um, and I'm so excited because we have Dr. Grandin here today to be answering your questions live. I just wanna say that there are lots of ways to connect with us right now. If you're watching us on autism-live.com, then you know that there's a chat button at the very bottom. I'm monitoring what you guys write in. That's completely anonymous. We are also monitoring comments on Facebook and on YouTube and on Twitter. So you can be writing in on any of those right now. Um, Dr. Grandin, should I go ahead and jump in with a question that we had? Okay, so, and of course I'm gonna, I'm gonna find it here and I had it and then I don't know where it went. Uh, it was a question that we had about a four-year-old. So a parent asking for how can we get our four-year-old to connect with us? And of course, of course, in this moment in time, I cannot find the actual word. Uh, hang on a second. I don't know where it is, but it was about a four-year-old. How do we get him to interact with us? And she said that she feels that he's, it seems like he's very in his own world and and wanting to connect with him as much as possible as a four-year-old.
0: Well, the first thing, I don't know whether this four-year-old can talk or not. Um, Now, if this four-year-old can talk, you always want to give him an opportunity to use his words. Let's say, you know, he wants the juice. Instead of giving him the juice, quietly say to him, use your words. And then you've got to give him time to respond. These kids are sort of like a phone on maybe only one bar of surface. It takes time to load the webpage or whatever. Give them time to respond. Always make opportunities to use your words. Another thing is engaging in little turn-taking games. Let's say he's uh, spinning a wheel on a toy car. Well, let's take turns spinning the wheel on the toy car. Turn it into a turn-taking game. wrong.
1: No, no, I just, uh, I, I, I muted myself so that you, you could speak. Um, we had another question, and you and I had talked about it briefly before we came on. It was a longer question. I'm going to consolidate it. Um, that uh, a mom wrote in. She's a mom with three kids. Two have other diagnoses. She's 37. She has Tourette syndrome. One of her children has uh, ADHD and another has autism, but they all exhibit some form of um, a sensory issue. They've all toe walked um, and they have these different issues. She says, we're all different, but we're the same. And she's wanting to know from you. Uh, she suspects that even though her diagnosis is to rats and her daughter's is ADHD, she's wondering if maybe they also have autism to a lesser degree and what these three things might have in common. I well, wanted you to you talk about up that.
0: Uh, research on Google Scholar now, Google Scholar is the scientific version of Google. And if you go on Google Scholar, you type in autism and ADHD, you're gonna find, and genetics, you're gonna find there's genetic crossover. There's also crossover in brain scans where they, some of the uh, features are the same. See, these diagnostic categories are not precise. It's not like a COVID test. And I wanna make say a high quality COVID test done correctly. That will give you a definitive diagnosis. It's not precise. These categories have blurry boundaries. Sensory issues that those go, those happen in many different disorders, um, both developmental and head injuries. You also can get sensory issues. So their social awkwardness um, tends to go with a number of these different things. It's not real precise.
1: Okay. Uh, we have a question specifically about the COVID-19 emergency. A parent writes in and says, What advice do you have? for a 17 year old on the spectrum who is having acute anxiety about COVID-19. And they wanna know specifically what has helped you with anxiety?
0: I have researched every piece of scientific literature on on the shelf in the pharmacy medications that might treat COVID. And even before Donald Trump talked about um, hydroxychloroquine, I already had found that drug. So just knowing that there's things to possibly treat it. Now, I want to emphasize a lot of stupid things have been done with drugs. hoarding it's totally bad. People need that drug for lupus. They need it for rheumatoid arthritis. Also, it's never to be used for prevention. It's to be used for moderate to severe COVID. Um, it, you know, All the tests haven't been done, but there are things to treat it. Computers right now are finding even more things. So that made me less afraid that there's actually some stuff to treat it. And also I've looked at the statistics. I am in the at-risk group Um, I probably have a 4% chance of dying. Well, Ebola is a 30% chance. Another thing that put it in perspective for me is I fell five years ago in my my own bathtub. And a week later, I realized I had a dent here at the base of my skull. That bathtub came that close to killing me. The number didn't come up. I'm more worried about the bathtub. Um, (laughs) But they the reason why everybody's got to stay in their homes is if everybody went out of their homes, well, the hospitals wouldn't even be able to treat people. You know, right now in New York, they're taking refrigerated trucks. I have to say that's something we use in my industry to haul food in and they're putting dead bodies in them. I you know that's really horrible. You know, you just would, if too many people got sick all at once, the hospitals cannot deal with that. There's a yeah. lot of things that have to be learned such as if you get COVID, how long do you stay immune? Nobody knows. Nobody knows, hopefully a long time. If there's a vaccine gets developed, is it going to uh, have to be a flu shot every year or will it be like one of the more permanent kinds of vaccine? I don't think people know at this point. Um, but I find that in my animal behavior research, if you turn on the seek emotion, that turns off fear. You might want to look at the Jack Penskep emotional systems in my book, um, Animals Make Us Human. And while I'm looking up all this information online, um, that made me less afraid there are some things to treat it with and they need to learn how to use those things and they need to learn how to use them quickly. i um, because I, uh, we want to try to prevent people from going on respirators.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think there's, everybody's entitled to a certain amount of anxiety about this, but oh, a yeah. lot of it is that there's so much of this that isn't in our control. But what I'm hearing you say is that you felt more in control when you did some research.
0: I did some research and I found out that there now, now you've got, Doctors and dentists hoarding this drug. This is bad. Then you've got people that have lupus and rheumatoid arthritis. You see and what that what these drugs do is they stop the, the horrible inflammation in the lungs. They put out the fire of inflammation. People with lupus and rheumatoid arthritis, they can't get this drug. That is really bad. Yeah, you we know, need that, to be very. That's not okay.
1: No, it is not. Um, and somebody, Julie has written in and said our 15 year old hardly speaks and spends way too much time in his room. He only comes out to eat, shower, and use the restroom. He refuses to go anywhere and refuses to cut his hair. With COVID-19, his socialization has critically decreased. Uh, Telecounseling starts next week and they said help.
0: Well, there's been, I've talked to several, two boys that got totally addicted to video games. And one of the things that saved them, Now I realize this would be hard to do now, he got interested in fixing cars and doing robotics. And for one of the students, um, he's now fixing cars. Another one is fixing trains for the railroad. They found out that mechanics was more interesting than video games. Mm -hmm. So what we got to do is give him a replacement for whatever he's doing in his room. You have to replace it with something else. Now, I I, I like to make things. That's why I came up with this little book, uh, a little book, Calling All Minds. Um, it's all my childhood things to make. Some of these things people could make things. We've got to figure out other stuff to do, but you have to replace the video game with something else. Now, with all this stuff going on now with COVID, these games where people could talk to each other, a certain amount of that I think would be good. Five hours a day, no, but maybe an hour or so a day to um, you know, talk to their friends online. Um, but you have to replace it with something else. See, the first thing I'm going to ask the parents, does this kid like to do anything else other than playing video games? I'm going to assume that he's doing either that or movies or something like that constantly.
1: Well, and we'll wait to see if she writes us back to tell us what other things he likes. You and I had an opportunity right before we came on live, because she mentioned the telehealth, um, to talk a little bit about telehealth and because you were saying to me how important it was um, for the, the little kids uh, to continue to get their therapy we yes, were talking absolutely. about we were talking about how it is a medically necessary treatment um, and that when you can continue services in whatever way you can continue services um, that it's advisable to do that and we were sort of talking about telehealth and um, and about you know, you said something that I, I thought thought was really interesting. I was telling you how impressed I am with parents, how parents have have stepped up and said, you know, teach me how to do this. I want to know how to do this. And that they're sometimes being the facilitators while the therapist um, does therapy via telehealth. And yeah. and
0: do you remember what you said, Temple? You said well, I know what, can what the therapist can do is they can coach the parent over the video link on how to do the speech therapy, how to do the ABA. It's very important with the young children to do a lot of turn taking. That was a lot of emphasis on that. We can play board games and things like that. That is that stuff we could do, and they can coach the um, uh, the parents on how to work with the child because we've got to keep working on speech. I don't want to lose you know months of of uh, working on a kid to get them talking.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. We don't want to have any, we want to really minimize regression and see if we can continue on. But I was really uh, inspired when you said, because I said, you know, a lot of parents are afraid that
0: they can't do it. And oh, you they said, can't. To- they can't. They can't. They can't. <laughs> They can, but they need professional coaching. Okay, back yep. before COVID, people would ask me, they'd say, oh, our school does you know, two hours of speech a week or something like that. And I said, well, that's not enough. But I said, what it is enough for is for that teacher to be a coach, to teach mm-hmm. you and teach some volunteers on how to work with your kid. And you need to look at that hour of therapy you get a week from the school as uh, they're your coach, because I definitely believe in professional guidance. And that can be done, you know, over the video. Uh, another thing that got brought up on distance education is whether there are enough devices. I mean, if the parents have a job online, they're going to need a computer. Uh, trying to do school on a phone is like completely atrocious. Um, yeah. You know, then if there's only one decent computer, then we're going to have to take figure out how to take turns on it. You know, this yeah. is where making a new schedule. I've read so you know, a big NASA fan. You took me out to Houston, NASA. That was and so much fun. <laughs> it was really fun. I'm a total NASA geek. And you have to um, on a space station, people have to live together. They need some alone time. They also have very structured work time. Uh, they have to not make messes in the bathroom and things like that. Um, you know, if there's only one computer, then we're gonna have to make a schedule on what on how it gets used. Yeah you know yeah in plan, fact we, and and sometimes it depends what kind of work the parent has then there's some stuff that will have to be done on a phone but then we need to figure out which things need the big computer the big screen
1: yeah i i loved uh cuz you and i were reminiscing about that trip to nasa and and talking about that you know cuz they took us into the um the model
0: the actual the size model of yeah, the space that station really cool it was really cool
1: it was so cool but Picturing people living in that small of a space and knowing that they can't go out to the store um, like it really sets an example for us of how we have to live we have we have to cohabitate in in a respectful way and and that they take care of business every day. I know you were saying earlier this morning keeping to that schedule getting up every morning, getting dressed important.
0: I'm making sure that I am dressed for work by eight not be slouching around in pajamas. I think that's important. And then if uh, hopefully there's enough devices available, I'd re- for me, if I was doing a- courses online, I would uh, I'd get my heavy duty schoolwork done in the morning. Or heavy duty report writing, if it's a uh, let's say a parent, you're really uh, hard work where you got to think done in the morning, when you're fresh, that's what works for me. And then you can do easier, easier uh, jobs in the afternoon have time off one thing they did learn on the space station is that they do have to each astronaut has to have some alone time where he can talk in private on the laptop you know to to the family uh, watch a movie by himself then there's other activities that eat together that's something they do together and then you have to make sure that you know people before they go up there get to pick what food they want there's some choices Well, somebody's got to not be taking somebody else's food. This is the sort of thing that would really cause a lot of friction on a space station.
1: Well, one of the questions that we had come in early, Temple, was that somebody was asking, what is your preferred food during this COVID emergency? Like, what's the one food that you keep stockpiled in your house because you really can't do without it?
0: Well, I really like some dark chocolate, but I've got to make sure that people have given me a lot of that that I'm I'm really limiting how much of that I eat. I still am eating the same yogurt and fruit for breakfast. I have that. Um, fortunately, I've got people shopping for me, which I really appreciate, and it's been making me think about food in a different way. You know, and, and my boss most of the time they buy stuff I like. They got bought some stuff I did not like, but I had to eat it. Had to eat it. We cannot be. Wasting food when you've got people in that Amazon warehouse or some other place that are getting it ready for you. That every trip to the grocery store, there's an exposure risk. No, you eat it. Absolutely. If, you know, I've eaten. There was some sliced processed turkey that I really hate, and I it's getting eaten.
1: There you go. Uh, a good you're a good role model. Now we've got
0: a couple of people who are writing
1: in and letting you know that um that they themselves uh, have had diagnoses. A uh, one who says, "I got a, a light." A late diagnosis. Uh, what uh, what services would you recommend uh, to help me cope? And another yeah, person know,
0: is this a teenager or an older adult? I, I don't I don't need to know the exact age, but I need to know am I dealing with a ten-year-old, a teenager, or an older adult? Well, they're, they're
1: saying they got a late diagnosis, so I think you're talking about an actual adult.
0: Well, there's a lot of people, we have a book, Different Not Less, which is 14 old uh, Asperger's or uh, people diagnosed on the spectrum later on in life. And where they found it really made a difference was with their relationships. You see, this is where, you know, I've I've had, I had a lady come up to me in the Denver airport one time and she said, oh, now I understand my engineer husband after I read your book, uh, Thinking in Pictures. Now, on the job front, I think some people are getting too overcoddled when they should be getting out and learning work skills, because all the people in the Different Not Less book had um, all had, had jobs ranging from a tour guide at a history museum to IT and a medical doctor, all different kinds of jobs. I didn't just fill it up with the computer geeks, and half of them are on the autism spectrum out there in Silicon Valley. I've been there. They avoid the labels, but Absolutely. the first step is realizing you know, that you think uh, differently and for relationships uh, that it's been a a good thing for a lot of people. And that's why I did the different, not less book. And all of the people in that book are, are employed.
1: Wonderful. I I should point out that Temple has been prolific and written a lot of books that are really amazing resources. And you can find all of her books on Temple. They're available on Amazon. Look at that Uh,
0: edition of the way I see it brand new <laughs> fifth edition of the way i see it. it a whole lot of little short articles we updated it um, uh, just came off the press about a week ago wonderful
1: and so people can go to templegrannon.com to get the books um but they can you they're also available on amazon if you want to get, if put it in your amazon cart um as part of your delivery now katie has written in and said i have anxiety a lot mm-hmm. I have autism and ADHD, and I'm worried a lot. How can I? How, um, how can you help me with my anxiety? And but Katie does not say how old she is. Katie well, can is the tell I, us. You
0: see, because I have been on antidepressant medication since my early 30s. Because as I went through my 20s, my anxiety got worse and worse and worse. I, my body was like in a constant state of fright. I remember telling Dustin Hoffman when he did Rain Man. Imagine how nervous you were when you did your first, your first interview to land that a big part like that. Well, that's the way I feel all the time. And in my book, Thinking in Pictures, I describe what it was like before and then taking antidepressants. I've worked with other people that are visual thinkers that are very, very anxious and they've been able to remain employed by taking a low dose of Prozac. I'm taking one of the old fashioned drugs. The mistake that gets made with antidepressants when they're used for anxiety is too high a dose. Label doses are often way too high. They might have to take only half to three quarters of a label dose on some of these different drugs. But basically antidepressants saved me. I don't think I would be here. And one of the things that happened with me is some of my stress-related health problems cleared up. The colitis, I cleared up. But, you know, There's a place for medication. Now, way too many meds are given to little kids. That's why I wanted to know age. Now, I was a full-fledged adult when I took it. Okay. You know, my brain was now, you know, fully developed. But there's some people that are going to need a little help from biochemistry. And that's why the chapter is called A Believer in Biochemistry. The other thing that helps is exercise. I'm doing now modified push-ups every night. I was doing sit-ups, but my sciatic nerve acted up. So then I had to change that to um, modified push-ups. And what I do is a burst of hard exercise. And if I don't do that every night, I cannot sleep. So that needs to be something people get into their schedule. And I had already developed exercises I could do in a hotel room. Um, you know, I had—I don't really like going to the gym in a hotel, something I could do in the room. And I wanna warn you that the first time I did the sit-ups, I could do like two. You have to work up to it over, over several months. Um, but that's, those are things that helped me. The other thing is, is you some, there's a point where you just gotta get out and do things. Mother always gave me a choice. When I was 15, I was afraid to go to my aunt's ranch. Mother gave me a choice. I could go for a week or I could go all summer. Not going, that wasn't going to be one of the choices. But always choices. Always choices. But there's a point where you uh, I I recommend reading that one chapter in particular on how I dealt with anxiety. And the thing that was weird is that when the colitis flared up, I was less anxious. It was really, really weird. That's interesting. But... I don't think I'd have any insides left if I hadn't gone on the on the medication. And I know other people, professionally, visual thinkers. One that's definitely autistic. Other two are definitely not autistic. Where a little dose of Prozac kept them off the drugs and the alcohol, and they'd be in okay. the gutter if they weren't on the uh, on the Prozac.
1: Wow. Now our mom who asked uh, before about the young man who is in his room all the time, the 15 year old, she has written back to us and she said that you were right. He is obsessed with video games. She says his school was creating a special project for him uh, for, for him and a group to create a new sign for the school. With the school being closed, that is on hold. He loves art. We brought more than two hundred dollars in supplies at Christmas as a Christmas gift, but he has no interest in any of it. Temple.
0: Well, you can still design a new school, a new sign for the school, uh, and and you can display it online and show it to people, and and you can still work on design stuff. You know, we're this is still going on now. Like we're doing cattle stuff. Um, Mark, my assistant's doing uh, cattle stuff, and and we can't go anywhere. We can't travel, but but. Uh, we're still doing design work. People write in to me about livestock stuff. We're still doing it.
1: But Temple, how did your mother motivate you? I'm always amazed by the fact that your mother was so ahead of the curve. And you have told me before that if if left to your own devices, you would have sat and spun the little metal plate at the end of your bed, and that's what you would have done all day long. How did your mom get you out of the bedroom, get you into the stalls with the horses and then get you drawing horses? How did she well, get you I, to do drawing,
0: that? Drawing horses I was doing in about third grade because when I was in third grade, I would just um, uh, draw the same horse head over and over again. And she just suggested, well, let's draw the entire horse. Let's draw it saddle, draw it stable. Okay, you have a kid that loves cars. Well, let's look at different kinds of cars. In other words, take that fixation and broaden it. So it's not quite so fixated. That, um, uh, that's what people need to be doing. Uh, you figure out how to broaden it. And then when I went away to the special boarding school, um, I loved riding the horses. And I got um, through, um, still had some problems with anger. I had to turn anger to crying. That's how I got rid of anger. And, and uh, they took riding away for two weeks after I got in a fist fight in the cafeteria and you know, then uh, we had remodeled the horse barn at our school and they suggested to start taking care of the horses. And I started doing it and liking it. You see, people have got to try stuff. You know, we've got to replace, give them a choice. You can do this art project or this. In other words, give them a choice of things to replace what you're doing. I was allowed to spin the little brass plate on my bed for an hour a day. Then we had to do something else. I could go outside and play with my kite, for example. Um, But we're going to do something else, but always give some choices. But the choice isn't going to be in your room all day, but you do have some downtime, do stuff like that. And they found they had to give the astronauts on the space station um, an hour a day which just uh, be their alone time.
1: Uh, So many people are writing in so many wonderful things, saying what a gift to have Temple's opinion and thank you. And um, a mom who has written in and said that, you helped her so much that years ago you were able to be on the phone with her and that you helped to get her child to eat and that it was just a dream to be on the phone with you. Um, so just want to acknowledge that there's so much love being poured out to you right now.
0: Well, I really um, appreciate that. Um And I just want to, you know, this is a difficult time. I mean, I've had all my events are canceled. For the next two months, everything is canceled. I well, have uh, my last airplane trip last event was on March 11th. I got on a plane on the 12th. They had a faculty meeting the next day. They were going to close school. That was Friday the 13th. And we were told to get our classes online. Boom, like that.
1: And how are you finding the online teaching? Because they're wanting to know what you think about this online teaching. And what about the kids who are at home and don't have access to online curriculum. What your thoughts are about that? Well, then we're let's start with: to are, are you enjoying the teaching online? It's different, right? Well,
0: I miss the interaction. I've given my phone number to all the students. I'm begging them to uh, to talk to me. Now it's totally ruined the labs for everybody because we were kicked out so quickly that we didn't. There was no way to videotape the labs. I'm not allowed to go to the experiment station, mm-hmm. so that really is bad. Now. Other parts of the class, so the lectures. I had three of them already um, already uh, uh, already online and we the three others we put on a website that, that's used for the, for the university online learning. So the lectures are there. Um, they, I have a project where they have to do, uh, look up journal articles online on a subject that each student picks on animal behavior that interests them. That we can still do just fine. They're still gonna do the drawing project and then to turn it in, they're going to have to screen shoot it with their phone, um, and so. And then I get on the chat board every afternoon and and make replies.
1: And and so, you're making it work. Um, I so have many to make it work, right? And I had right. to learn
0: how to use the stuff. I I I I, I had to get my students to teach me how to use it, and it's like boom. You know, you yeah. got to do this.
1: For the parents that are home and have kiddos that are home that are on the spectrum that typically would have had an aide in the classroom and are now faced with the teacher being online and the and the kiddos aren't responding well to it, do you have any words of wisdom?
0: Well, the thing is going to be really hard on the parents. The parents are going to have to be the aide. I don't know anything else to, to to say. Now I would rec. I'm recommending we're going to get up. We're going to have. We're going to not in jammies. We're going to get dressed for school, dressed for work. I think that applies to the whole family. And, and let's get some of the serious schoolwork done in the morning when you're not tired and cranky and Absolutely. save the easier stuff for the afternoon. Then we have a, uh, then you have an hour where you can play your video game. and Then you can go walk the dog. Uh, then we do some exercises. Maybe we get uh, group exercises online or something, but make yeah. a new schedule the same way they do in the space station. They schedule their meals, they schedule when they have to do their experiments, but they also have scheduled downtime.
1: Yeah, in fact, you can pretend that you're on the space station.
0: Well, that's sort of like what it's like.
1: Yeah, it's exactly what it's like. Um, And then for parents, they're also wanting to know if there isn't anything online that's being offered, do you have any recommendations? Well, then you better,
0: I, I would go on some of the homeschooling websites and maybe buy some workbooks, buy some materials online, uh, now, one of the problems that's happening with the Amazon Warehouse now is they are going to may run out of books because they have to stock essentials. Uh, yeah. But all the books are available electronically. So, Absolutely. if you buy a Kindle or some other device like that, they'll, they'll, that I'm sure that's considered essential. But I'm, I'm, no, you need to get some materials. Um, you know, I'd get on the homeschooling websites and I would try to find materials. And yeah. we're, gonna, we're gonna have some classes. We're gonna have to do have a time where we're gonna do schoolwork, whether it's yeah, actually yeah. online or you're gonna do it with some materials. Um, there's tons of free stuff online. Let me tell you how to find some really cool mathematics stuff. <laughs> Use Google Images to search for mathematics stuff. You will find websites you will not find on, on regular Google. You wanna see the cool patterns, go to Google Images, type in protein symmetry let the math kids go play with that
1: Uh, you and i talked about this last week and i've been having fun with it all week long uh i I, because when i called temple to see if she was available to do this and she was like are you near your computer look this up right now and i said to you i said temple I'm, i'm looking at these beautiful pictures what am i looking at and do you remember what you said to me well
0: you're looking at things like the mitochondria of the cell that provide energy for your body to work
1: yeah, but you said to me, you're looking at the art that is inside your body.
0: That's right. That's right. And that,
1: that got me very it's excited. Very, very
0: cool. And there's so many. Uh, now, for computer programming, there's um, Scratch programming. There's a, a code.org. That's another thing. Coursera has a lot of free college classes. Now, if you want them for credit, you're going to have to pay. But there's a lot of free stuff online that you can do where where you can... um take college classes online, really cool college classes. You what
1: turned, you turned me on to Khan stuff. Academy. You're it's the Khan person. Academy. Yeah, you, Khan is K-H-A-A, excuse me, K-H-A-N academy.org, you guys. And Temple was the first person to tell me about that. And they have curriculum line, uh, aligned information for everything from pre-K through 12. It's, a, it's an incredible, and actually above that. It's an incredible place and you're the one who told me and I got my son on there, it, was, it changed everything. It's a, and it's free. So you can't beat no, that. All
0: this stuff I'm talking about is free.
1: Okay, some more questions here. Now that, uh, that adult who, that we were trying to figure out, he said he was diagnosed at 58. How exciting is that? And that he was nonverbal until he was five. Um, and that, so that was that person that we were talking to um, about things that could help, resources that could help. Um, so it was an adult, good. Um, Another person says that they have a five-year-old who has good vocabulary, but how can I encourage him to talk? He's simply not interested to talk, used to talk when he was below two years.
0: Well, always make opportunities for talking. If he wants a food or he wants a toy, say, use your words and then give them time to respond. You know, know, if if the website doesn't come up right away and you're poking the mouse and stuff and then the computer just freezes. Well, that's the way these kids are. Uh, You've got, you might have to give them five seconds to respond. That's a long time if you time it. Um, But always have opportunities to use language. Okay, let's have some sit down meals now. Like we used to have in the fifties where where if I put my fingers in the mashed potatoes, my mother would say, use the fork. If I reached across to grab the serving dish, a mother would say, ask your sister to pass it. Give the instruction, you know, then you might ask him what he did did on his online learning or a movie he looked at. In other words, each member of the family would tell something they did that day. I think this is one of the ways to get language going because um, that's what they do at the space station. They eat together. Absolutely. Speaking of that, um, Angela wants to know about relationships.
1: I have a 17 year old that doesn't have friends outside of school or sports. Not sure what to
0: do. Is there a website that teens hang out on? Well, it's friends who shared interests. I mean, I've got friends and there are people where we, we do cattle stuff together or it's animal behavior or it's autism stuff where it's a shared interest. Interest. Now, robotics. Uh, of course, when school is going, things like art, robotics, choir—all the things we can't do now—those um, are things that would be a shared interest. You know, I, fixing cars. I, I, I had friends that you know that built equipment. Those are things that are a shared interest.
1: Yeah, you know, they've actually. There was a study that was done years ago about how to make kids uh, bully proof, how to get them to be less bullied by their peers. And what they found was that if they created a club after school, and it could literally be that kid creating a club about their interest, that it attracted other people to whatever their interest was. And then they formed a pack and they were less likely to be picked on
0: all of them. Well, I sort of thought that was fascinating. That's a good idea because the only places I was not bullied in high school was, on. Horseback riding, model rockets, things where there was a shared interest. Now, fortunately, when I was in elementary school, I went to a very small elementary school, really small little classes, and and uh, the teacher explained to the other students that I had a disability that didn't show, like crutches or a wheelchair, mm-hmm. and that the other kids need to be helping me. And that has a fancy name; it's called peer-mediated intervention. And you can, mm-hmm. I do have a free paper online. It's called um, "How um, Horses um, uh, Horse." Uh, how horses um help the teen with autism to make friends and learn how to work. Mm-hmm. Type that title into Google, you can find it.
1: Okay. Uh you mentioned before that you got into trouble at school because you got angry and that you learned to deal with the anger through crying. I'm always fascinated though, what made you angry? Like why did you punch that person oh, in the they,
0: they 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 had bullied me. They had called me names. They they had bullied me. That's that was the reason. And and I uh, I had to switch from anger to crying. And another thing with NASA, I went to a really sad thing where when this, they had on 60 Minutes when the space shuttle got canceled, um, these NASA space scientists were crying. And that's one of the reasons why they still have their jobs, because they were throwing tools. NASA would have fired them for that.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. It's better to cry. Bunny wants to know, I just picked up my son who has, is nine-year-old and has ASD and is semi-verbal. His learning materials. It's a big box of materials and I have no idea or how long to work. I'm on the spectrum as well, so I need directions.
0: Well, some kids can you know, concentrate longer than others. You know they, Some kids are really hyperactive. You gotta do a little bit of learning and then give them breaks. It's gonna depend upon the, the kid. And there's others that can knuckle down and you know, put a bunch of work out. I think another thing that might help with the kid is let him have some choices of which things we do first so he has some control over the environment. We're going to get the school work done but we can have some choice of when we do some of the different activities and and uh, you know some kids can do a lot of work at one time other kids need breaks they need sensory breaks. I think one of the worst things schools did was uh, taking out recess. Another thing that schools did that was really bad was um Getting, taking out hands-on classes. If I had not had sewing and woodworking and art, I would have hated elementary school. So let's work well, craft projects. And of course, I'd, here's my book on the things I used to like to do as a kid, calling all minds and, and I'd, I'd, you know, making things. Maybe we can work math into making things. You know, we can of creative ways to do things. I'm finding right now the day that we've got graduate, I've got graduate students right now, with awful writing skills. They don't know how to, like, sort of frame an argument for something, and the reason why they're so bad is they never had to write book reports, and they never um, uh, had anybody mark up their work, and then they had to go back and correct it. And this is something that's gotten really bad in the last five years, and I'm not the only professor that's been complaining about this problem.
1: Well, and and the thing is, is that this period of time, you know, regardless of whether we wanted it or not, we are we are. Forced to have this opportunity where we could do all kinds of things. So maybe at school they're not going to stop and have a break and teach sewing, but we absolutely can do you that. You can do that. You can absolutely the work can. up.
0: You can do it like a lot of older people. I'd rather just get a big slug of it done in the morning. But there may be yeah. another kid where you do a little fifteen minutes of work and then you do something else and it's spread out through all the day. Yeah. Uh, you now the but you need to eventually you got to figure out some kind of a schedule where. where
1: absolutely. Now Alexis has written in and said because we were talking about video games before they said a lot of video games aren't a problem get the kid to learn how to they may uh, l- learn how to they may either um, for videos that teach people how to play or teach them how to run massive multiplayer games now Temple I'm wondering have you seen any of the games that are VR have you done the thing where you put the uh, I, have, it, I haven't
0: I've done I've done virtual reality I haven't done it in a video game but I've done it in just a demonstration. They, they have, have
1: ones that teach job skills
0: Well, and, that, and they make it fun. Well, that's good. Some of that stuff would be good. Like maybe yeah. it, it's a video game of a, how to interact with customers in a store. Yeah, you know, that's something that could be helpful. You see, there's a lot of things you can learn from video games, but Absolutely. that's an hour a day of doing it. Okay, eye hand coordination, some problem solving, so that's one hour a day of doing it, not five or six hours a day. The benefits okay. you would get in one hour.
1: Now, Nikki has written in on Facebook and she wants to know what coping skills can I use uh, when our internet or cable goes out? My autistic son beats himself, attacks Mm -hmm. others till it's fixed. I've tried social stories, uh, a box of things he enjoys to keep him busy, but it doesn't work. He even goes so far as pulling his own hair out, please, how to help with his anxiety about cable and internet connection not working. Thanks. Uh, She says, this is a major problem.
0: Well, one of the things we first of all let's try to work on getting him to do some other things where he's not so dependent on the internet connection. Does he have a dog? Are there? Does he? Would he like to learn how to cook? Would he like to um, learn how to do some hands-on thing? I'd like to try to get less dependency on the internet. That there's other things that you can do. And, Absolutely. And uh, you know, now some there's still. If you have DVDs around, you can have some DVDs that you could play. You can probably buy a DVD player online so that you've got some movies stored. So when the cloud crashes, you could still uh, uh, have things to do. You see, the problem is the internet circuits are getting overloaded.
1: Yes, it is. I keep, you know, keeping my fingers crossed that we get to get this live feed out.
0: But I also want to put a plug in,
1: for those of you who are having ABA with your kiddos and you're doing that telehealth piece that Temple was talking about before where they're coaching you, this would be sort of an ideal thing to ask for coaching on from your ABA professional to help you to set up parameters and an intervention so that you 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 know that you knew what to do when it was happening and you knew what to do before it was happening. Um, you know, I just want to throw that two cents well, in. So I'd like
0: I, to try to work with this kid to have less dependency on the internet. Absolutely. And, and let's start working on gradually getting him to do some other things that have nothing to do with a screen so that screens aren't his whole entire life. And yes. you're, you're going to have to do that gradually and give him some choices. You know, so the internet is going to go down. That's right. going to happen.
1: It is going to happen. Uh,
0: Manuel wants
1: to know: My daughter is nonverbal and very hyperactive. She's nine years old. What would you recommend to help her? And they, and he says it's a pleasure watching you both live. It's a pleasure being here with you. And I don't know about you, I got so excited about seeing Temple's kitchen. That was a that was a big you know woohoo oh, read, for me today. I read
0: a really really funny uh, thing online that some employees you know has this big huge super important vice president. Boss, and he couldn't get away from looking at the guy's kitchen cabinets. Right. And I read that on a thing about, um, uh, you know, working online. <laughs> they just couldn't imagine this big vice president might even have <laughs> kitchen cabinets. Right. Oh, I'm like, Temple, there are people things. People have.
1: Right. There are things on your refrigerator. And before this is done, I need to know what things are on your refrigerator. Well, it's exciting a, to me. There's a
0: bison on there and there's a cute little puppy on there. And there's uh, some little magnets that were given to me of some artwork.
1: Well, fabulous. That's but so now funny. back to the nonverbal, very hyperactive nine-year-old. What would you recommend, Temple?
0: Well, let's try to work on things where he can he can mother, you say, run the energy out of you. Okay. And it's a girl. It's a daughter. Exercise things, some sensory things. Um, you know, his mother says, run the energy out of you. So we got to try to figure out some things that he can do. I don't know if he lives in an apartment or what he lives in. Um. Yeah you know, this, uh, but he's going to have to have, the other thing I'm going to ask is, what was he doing before COVID? What kind of situation was he in? in? You see, this is where I got to have more more information and how well was he functioning in his previous situation?
1: Yes, it is a girl. He mentioned that it's his daughter. But- Um, one of the things we've been talking about on the show is that even for people who are in apartment buildings, I just keep remembering Temple back to when I was a young girl and we didn't have the internet. And a lot of times we got snowed in for days on end because I lived in upstate New oh, York. Oh, we
0: play in the snow. Oh, right? we played in the snows. And then I was taught turn taking where I'd roll the bottom ball of the snowman. My sister would ride do the middle ball. Then I would do the head. And then we had a box of old junk, the snowman decoration box. And it just had silly things in it like hats and scarves and and things like old pill bottles would use those for eyes. It was wonderful. Just, just now but, of course there were no pills in those bottles. Empty pill
1: bottles. Absolutely. Yeah. But there was also a lot of time when we were kids that we had to be stuck indoors, and we would make an obstacle course in the living room, and we would create ways that, and my mom would help us to create ways that we could get our yayas out. That's what we always called it. So even if you can't go outside, you can't get to a park, you don't have any place to take your kids, but you're in your apartment... Turn your apartment into an obstacle course and make them run the obstacle course. Kids need exercise.
0: Well, we used uh, to play horses when I was a kid. And since I was big and strong, I I was always the horse. Somebody, somebody <laughs> would ride me. But that, you know, and then we had a brown rug in our TV room. That was the, that was the corrals. And then the living room was the pasture because they had a green rug. And i uh, that takes up a lot of energy. And,
1: and that kind of play, it, yeah. it, like, it actually requires a lot of cognition. It helps you to um, work on all the different kinds of plays that there are of, of taking something and endowing it with other uh, qualities, doing imaginary play, doing sociodramatic play. And it's really good for our kids. So, um, you know, it's really important, especially for those hyperactive kids to be able to have a way to move their body um, even, you know, we were recommending the other day, rearrange your furniture, like push the furniture around, push it back to where it was. But that pushing kind yeah, of thing right, activates work. heavy work. Exactly. Um, so good uh, for that. Also, okay.
0: also, if you've got an OT that you could get on tele- a teleconference, um, you know, could give you give you some coaching and that might be helpful.
1: Oh, Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, uh, another question here. Good morning. Have a question. What do you do when your son doesn't want to be with another person? My son doesn't want to be with my little girl. And, and you were talking about if we had two astronauts that didn't like each other, how would, how would we help them to work this out?
0: Well, probably be spending some time apart, opposite ends of the space station. Oh, and there's been problems where, where on one of the, uh, one of the, not the U.S. space station, but a Russian space station, they felt they were overworked and they turned off the communications and mission control, and, <laughs> and though it wasn't the, the best thing to be doing, but now some on um, people on the spectrum have problems with the high pitched, like a baby's cry, the voice. You know, could that be be the issue? You know what? Sometimes it's sensory. When I get asked all the time about autistic people and animals. And what I say is there's three ways that they react to animals, love them, scared at first, then love them. And then ones where it won't work because they never know when the dog's gonna bark because you can't control the dog and then it hurts their ears. Now other sounds that you can control like the vacuum cleaner or uh, uh, maybe uh, some other hairdryer or something like that. If the child can turn it on and control it that can often be really helpful. Where they turn it on and off, they might get to like the vacuum cleaner, but you can't control a little sister screaming or whatever. And may you know if it's sound sensitivity, well, then you can wear a headset then when she's around, but you can't wear a headset all the time. It'll make your ear more sensitive, but you have it with you all the time. But you want to try not to wear it again. Give them control, but I got to find out why he doesn't like his little sister. And sometimes things like that aren't sensory based. Now I don't know. I don't. I'd have to ask a lot more questions.
1: Okay. Um, Another question, Dr. Grannon, I have a son who is 10. He loves to build cages for animals. It is all he wants to do. How can I foster this interest but still get him to do his schoolwork?
0: Well, we can have a time to do his building things and then has to be a time for doing schoolwork. We might give him some choices of the times on the schedule but you are gonna have to do some schoolwork.
1: Absolutely. And
0: the other thing I might do, if you could get the teacher on the phone or something and and, and ask for help, I think a lot of these teachers would be available by phone and, and maybe the teacher can give you some ideas.
1: Absolutely. Katie wants to know, have you heard about the cholesterol study at OSU that's carnitine cholesterol absorption issues, uh, talking about regressives, mitochondrial disorders, and apraxia, and she wants to know if you know anything about that.
0: I would recommend you go to Google Scholar and look things up. Now, I know okay. myself, I have to eat a certain amount of meat. There's no way I could be a vegan. My mother's the same way. I we got to eat a certain amount of meat. I think there are differences in metabolism, but I would recommend doing Google Scholar search uh, to look that stuff up. And how do you get on Google Scholar? Type Scholar into Google, click it. You'll see a link that says Google Scholar, click on that. That will give you a new search box uh, that takes you into the scientific literature.
1: Wonderful. I love this question. Temple, you are so awesome. I want to know what you were doing with your free time during COVID-19. Are you watching Netflix too? And what are you watching?
0: Well, I've just started watching the new Star Trek Picard show. I love it.
1: I yeah. just
0: love it. and <laughs> I'm, I'm, But I'm not binge watching it. Okay. I think, it, you know, how about one episode a day? Right. And then maybe do some other show. You see, I think we need to get a more you know restrained schedule here. And so and that not just I not watch the whole thing. Right. Well,
1: I happen to know that that show is on. Uh, it's on CBS Access only. So it uh, you know and, and for a while, it, it only comes out once a week. So uh, but, then, it sort of but helps. then
0: but they but then they leave the episodes online.
1: Yes. Because so if I'd, you're just starting I'd, now, you've got like, what, six, seven episodes? That well, you that's right.
0: And you can start watching those. And yes. uh, Amazon does have it. Um, they, uh, you can get it that way, too. Have you uh, Have you had the opportunity to meet Patrick Stewart? Never have met Patrick Stewart, but I did have the opportunity one time to meet Leonard Nimoy. Oh,
1: I yeah. bet that was super cool. Yeah, that was. Now, I've not met, uh, I did not have the opportunity while he was alive to meet uh, Leonard Nimoy, but I, I have met Patrick Stewart. He would probably think you were the, the most fabulous well, thing I ever. Well, I loved uh,
0: Mr. Spock, and I loved Data, because I yes. really related to those characters because they're like an autistic person. Yes. Like, there's a lot of subtle emotional things that I still don't pick up. Now, and are you I-
1: watching... There's a lot of things on television right now, Temple, where they're featuring characters who are on the autism spectrum. Are you, are you watching yeah, any the, of those the
0: doctor show? I have, uh, I've seen that. Uh, yeah. I'm, now the thing is a person with autism, as they get more and more, uh, do more and more stuff to start to learn and, yeah. and learn, you know, what gets people upset and things like that. But I still have got, you know, I have problems because I tend to be very, very logical. And I found that, Looking up online, you know, medications that could treat COVID, that greatly reduced the fear. I remember when I first found some of the drugs, I'm going, wait a minute, I'm not going to die. You know, there are some things to treat it with.
1: Yeah. And that's a very healing thought. Um, Navnet wants to know, my son does not speak and was diagnosed with autism when he was 1.8 years old. He is now 5.5 years old. What can we do to make him speak? We feel that he understands, takes us to what he wants, points fingers, murmurs, some voices, kinds of words, I mean, what um, but doesn't again? speak. Uh, he's five and a half now.
0: Now, the thing I want to ask at five and a half, are you getting any words at all? See, this is what I want, more information. There are some kids that aren't going to learn to speak, and and they remain nonverbal. And there's some really good books to read. And one of my favorites is uh, Tito Macapadahe, How Can I Talk If My Lips Don't Move? That's Tito Macapadahe, How Can I Talk If My Lips Don't Move? And he's in a sensory disordered world. And then there's the sequel to the reason I jump. And I like the sequel. It's got something like fall down five times, get up six times. It's got a weird title like that. And he talks about not being able to control his movements. Uh, and so they now we got to give him a way to communicate if, uh, if he's not talking at all. And then we need to introduce typing. Tito yeah. and Nomi, both, uh, Noki, both uh, type independently, completely independently. And I'm... Um, if you worry, we've got kids that remain nonverbal i think those two books are absolute must reads written by by people on that spectrum
1: yeah everybody that we know that um what that is nonverbal um that wasn't speaking as a child and then has been given a device or given a method to have functional communication they all say the same thing they say how important it is to give children a way to communicate i agree and, and that it's different. I mean, you know, I, I guess there's preferences, you know, um, in the ABA world, they don't necessarily recommend having sign language be the preferred mo- ma- mo- modem of communicating because so many of us
0: don't know sign language. That's right. I would I would agree with that, but on the but some way to communicate. And there's something that can type completely independently. There are others that can yeah. use communication devices, but I can remember the frustration of not being able to communicate and just screaming. And in one of my very first book, Emergence Labeled Autistic, mother was taking me to the speech therapist and I didn't want to wear this hat. So I chucked it out the window of the car and she tried to grab it. And we got hit by, you know, sideswiped by a semi-trailer. He swerved off the road to save us. Because I didn't want to wear this stupid hat. You see, that is frustration with not being able to communicate. It is a huge frustration.
1: Absolutely uh, we're, we're running out of time. I'm going to ask one last question. Temple, you are the best. I am crying watching this. How can I find my son's special interest?
0: Well I need to start asking a bunch of questions on um, that you know you know if it, maybe it's a video game well what's a video game about um, what's his favorite toys I don't even know his age. yeah you now the other thing that's really important on interest I got interested in cattle when I was 15, when I was introduced to them on my aunt's ranch. So what this shows is that an interest can happen by introducing different things. Mm -hmm. And this is really important on careers. And I think uh, learning how to work's really important, but I got introduced to cattle. Um, And then you find out you like them, or maybe you get introduced to something, you find out that you don't like it. That's important too. Yeah. But we need to be introducing uh, kids to more things. I would have to ask a lot more questions. I don't know the age of him. I don't know how verbal he is. I don't know what's his favorite subject in school. I'll often ask that question. Well, maybe we can get an interest there.
1: Wonderful. All right. Well, and I don't know if they'll have time to write in, but I, I wanted before we, I, got, I, I need to remind some people about things that are happening on the show, but uh, before we leave, I want to ask about your mom. How is your mom doing?
0: Well, she's doing, and we got some groceries sent to her. She Good. said she didn't need them, but she's done. She walks every day. She said she's got to keep walking. She's ninety-three years old, and she's got to um, got to keep walking. And she's doing a uh, she's doing really well.
1: Good. I'm so glad to hear that. For so many of us, we all look up to you, Temple, and think that you are incredible. But for a lot of us moms, we also you know, we try to follow in your mom's footsteps because look at what a great job my she mother did. Mother
0: had a very good sense of how to push me. You got to stretch these kids. You don't chuck them in the deep end of the pool, but she had to stretch and give choices. Stretch just outside the comfort zone. She had a really good instinct on exactly how much to stress, to stretch me, and give me choices. Like when I went to my aunt's ranch, I could stay for a week or stay all summer. Not going wasn't one of the choices. But I did have the choice that if I got too stressed out, I could come back. I got out there and I loved it. And I'm finding kids where he goes to maybe a sleepaway camp or something like that. And then he finds out he likes it. Um, No, we got to get him doing things. Now we're going to have to figure out how to do things like now inside your own space station. That's right. Yeah.
1: Well, you've always pushed me with my son. Um, My son has always appreciated, uh, you probably don't remember, but years ago, we were in a restaurant together, a barbecue restaurant. And my son was, my goodness, he was probably 11. And he was complaining about the fact that I was not letting him go to the restroom by himself and that I would take him in the women's bathroom. Oh, and okay. you you read me the riot act. And we were in the restaurant with my son and you made me stop right there. You talked him through the whole thing and you, you made know, you me sit there. You know what I ended
0: there. up doing? I waited until the end of the meal
1: Yes. Okay, we well, had the
0: whole meal, like for maybe 20 minutes or so. And at the end of the meal, I just casually said, "Okay, it's time to use the men's room." Yes. And he got up and he used it, and he had to ask the waiter where it was because I could see uh, I was facing towards where the restrooms were. You were back to them, anyway, yeah. and he went. He successfully used the uh, men's room. Yes. And I didn't. I didn't tell him at the end of the meal you're going to use the ma- the men's room. No. I just casually said, "Okay, it's time for you to go use it."
1: Yep. And you, and you made me sit there and, and you talked me through it while he was in there. And you told me he was going to be okay. And you told me you have to stretch him, mom. You have to let that, those apron strings go further because he needs it
0: and he's ready for and it. And it. it was a barbecue restaurant. It was like one thirty, two two o'clock in the afternoon. Yep. And yep. there was, there was nobody else would have been in that restroom. It wasn't busy. I could see the door and then see him come out. Yeah. And, and he did it.
1: Yep, he did. And all because you talked me through it. Uh, And I appreciate that still to this day. And he does. He's like, you know, temples on my side. (laughs) I get to use the men's room. All right. we We are about to be out of time, but I can't tell you how much I appreciate you. And honestly, Temple, if you have more free time over the next couple of months, we're happy to have you back whenever
0: you want. I thought you have me back at, at, uh, you know, five o'clock my time in Colorado. Yes,
1: we have you back uh, later on today for a very specific group um, today uh, that it's just a group for parents and and thrilled to have you then. But if you want to be back on Autism Live, we will make ourselves available whenever you want to do this. i will probably
0: be happy to do that, you know. uh,
1: Well. Wonderful. A couple of programming notes that I want to tell you guys, we are back tomorrow with let's talk autism with Shannon and Nancy and a very special guest on the show tomorrow is Danny Bowman. She is, and actually you have met her temple. She's a okay. remarkable young woman in her twenties on the autism spectrum. Brilliant artist has her cool. own animation um, studio and she teaches animation to individuals on the spectrum. And she's cool. offering a very special online class right now that's good. free, and well, she's that's gonna good. tell us about that. So um, wonderful. And then we've got great programming for you next week. I wanna, I wanna let you guys know that a week from tomorrow, uh, we're gonna have Julie Matthews from Nourishing Hope. There's another person that you know, Temple, um, that you've done things with Julie Matthews before. And she um, is getting ready to do a big summit that's online uh, towards the end of this month that I think you're all gonna wanna know about because it's about the food that we eat, and how it affects us and how it affects our kiddos and what foods we can do to keep the, what things we can do to keep our food supply, even in this emergency, as clean as possible so that our kids have healthy guts, which then helps them. And I know that that's something that you 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 know, you're very interested in as well, Temple. Uh, we all gotta be healthy. And you were talking about the food supply,
0: right? Well, I'd say we've got people out there, you know, truck drivers, we need to be thanking them, people that work in these warehouses, because you have the Amazon warehouse, but, but you take Walmart, Walmart has a warehouse, Target has a warehouse, all the grocery stores, they have these big distribution centers, huge supply chains that people have to work in to get that food into that store.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. So Julie's going to be talking with us a week from tomorrow. We've got great guests all next week, including Dr. Doreen Grampuche on Wednesday um, here answering your questions. Uh, but we're, we're a little bit past time. We have to let Temple go. She's got We've lunch got another appointment. So I'm going to have to go. Temple. It's been such a pleasure. I'm going to talk to you later on today. Okay, great. Wonderful. All right. I'm going to sign off now. All right. Thank you okay. so much. And I'm going to sign off too. We're going to be back tomorrow with Danny Bowman and let's talk autism with Shannon and Nancy until then give your kiddos a hug for me and one for you too. Bye-bye for now. <laughs>